Are you well? I'm just about well, I'll be honest with you. Um, I'm going to age myself, Tara, here, by the way I say this, but I had a fall yesterday. <laughs> you know there, do you ever notice that when people get to a certain age, they don't fall anymore, they have a fall? It's an event. It's not a thing that happened. It's an actual mm-hmm. event. So when an elderly person copes, they don't fall, they have a fall. It's something you had a fall? I had a fall yesterday. Um, I fell down the stairs. It was a... It was a, I'm, 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 all joking aside, it was a traumatic experience. Um, we we're going to go sledding yesterday evening with the kids because of the snow, obviously. So I ran upstairs to stick another pair of socks on, stuck a pair of. I'm actually going to, I'm going to tee this up as a murder mystery nearly. I, pull, I pulled on a pair of, I pulled on a pair of thermal socks that my mother in law got me, and I'm nearly sure she's trying to kill me because they were a wee bit too big and they're a wee bit too slippery. So I came barreling down the stairs. Uh, giddy with excitement to get out into the snow and out onto the sleds I came round the corner at 100 mile an hour slipped on the stair uh, the edge of the stair went arse about face coped down the stairs and to my horror Robin, my two year old, was sitting at the bottom of the stairs, getting her shoes on getting ready to go, excited as well and she looks up in abject horror to see her father barreling down head first uh, upside down, left and right <laughs> Um, so I was in the split second, all I could think was, I'm going to crush my daughter here. So I start sticking legs out every way to try and stop myself. Stuck my foot through the spindles of the stairs, the banister. I, I straight away, I thought that's that ankle broke, gone. <laughs> Landed on Robin. Fortunately, I managed to shift my weight and horse myself into the hallway, more so away from her. She was terrified. I was lying on the ground in a heap. Shannon came in and what happened and then starts laughing. Because <laughs> I've fallen down the stairs. That's love for you right there. Your wife starts laughing at you falling down the stairs. Rob, Robin's crying her eyes out. Jackson thinks it's a bit of crack, so he jumps on top of me and starts wrestling me. And I'm lying there thinking my foot has come off. Um, Your foot's halfway up the stairs. <laughs> it's still it's still on the second floor. I'm downstairs. <laughs> I'm footless. Just but, lucky uh, to have you here today at all. Then. I'll be honest with you. I was sore, and I'm grand now. I'm walking about grand. I, got th- I didn't go sledding in the end of it. I wasn't for a walk for a while. But it was sore. The, you know, but, you know, it was actually genuinely traumatizing that I came down, and it was only a split second in my head, and I was like, I can't stop myself from falling on top of Robin here. It was terrifying. I could have done some serious damage there. It was funny now looking back on it, and luckily nobody came away with any bad injuries. But it just goes to show you how easily something like Because I used to not laugh. I'm not a prick like, but... I used to think to myself, how can people, how do people fall down the stairs? How do you actually fall down the stairs? Like, and then I go and do it. Big, big socks, eh? Big slippy socks. That's the, that's the number one cause of, of accidents. You have heard it here first. Colette Grugan, my mother-in-law, is trying to kill me. Uh, it was a murder plot. I nearly think it's a life insurance thing. Shannon, hers and cahoots. Um, so be vigilant, listeners. If I ever go belly up and it's suspicious... Those are the two people you're going to look about first. My mother-in-law <laughs> and my wife. Um, yeah, you must have those... some policy out there. It's a good one. I'm worth more fucking dead than I'm alive. <laughs> well, how's things to you? What a cheery way to start the pod. Yes, not so bad. Hey, good. What about the snow? This um, I've been speaking to people who have caught on to the pod a bit late in the day. So they're listening back and catching up, you know. Yeah. And it makes us speaking about things that are topical at the time seem very out of place. So just to keep that theme rolling, it's snowing at the minute. <laughs> Aye, so if you're listening to this in June, big snow, big snow, big, 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 big. Well, you were talking about sledding there, so ah, the snow's the balls. 
unless it's Christmas Day, I'm not interested in the snow. It's too disruptive. Unless uh, if you go to school deadly because you get off school, but beyond that, and when you're an adult, the snow is a balls. So yeah, apart from a little, a little grump about that, I'm all right. I'm not too bad. No, no mad crack. I have um. Well, would what? you be good? Hold on a minute now. Slow down. We're we're not going past the snow yet. Would you be good in the snow? Would you would you go out and you would you make snowmen and sledding, or would you one of these critters like to stay out of it? Oh no, I do like a good snow fight and snowman yeah. and sledding about and all, but it's just more for real life going to work and stuff. As you know, yeah. as a coach, it's a ball ache because people don't come out to the gym. Aye, you could. I I'm after messaging somebody just before we jumped on there, and just she said she wasn't going to make it. She was rescheduling for the end of the week, and I just said safely first. Like it's uh, here. I don't you know blame anybody. We're not. I we're not going to fucking hold you to account for not wanting to drive in the snow, but it's it's just more so the disruption it causes. That's the. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? I feel like in this country. We we just get wet. We don't get weather. We get wet, and that's it. Like we get wet, and we get windy, and we get cold most of the time. And then an odd time, we get a week of blistering heat that nobody can handle. I don't mind the fact that there's different weather. I I think that if you have a good coat and a good pair of wellies, you're grand, and you get out. And it's never really that bad on the roads. Be safe and all that there, but it's never really that bad. Like I I come from Greencastle, and the yeah. only time. Did I mention that before? Uh, yeah. This is like episode 41. I don't know if anybody knows where I'm from yet. Okay. <laughs> Some, somebody might have made a pocket up somewhere along the line. You're from Greencastle. And for anybody who doesn't know, it's a hilly, hilly part of the world. Yes, it's a it's a lovely part of the world. Very scenic, but it gets good snow when there is snow. If, there, if there's snow anywhere, it's going to be there. And I got used to driving in it, so it doesn't really seem like a big deal when it snows to me, but... I understand that there's times where we would have been genuinely snowed in, and that's fine. And you just you turn around, and you say, "Right, that's that's us. We're not going anywhere today." Our that's roads fine. were shocking too, because I'm up. I was up in the hills of Barra and behind Kivahi, and our roads were ridiculously bad when it snowed. But just mm. like you, I sort of got used to driving in the snow whenever you did have it. But see now that I'm out of home over ten years, I'd be terrified going on the roads again. Like I remember coming home from work, and like our house is sort of on the side of a hill, so to get in. There's a hill up on the hill down. And I was going in parking side roads. I was like skidding into the house <laughs> every night, you know, on the way back from work on a snowy. I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. I just wouldn't. If the roads were bad now, I just say, nah, I can't can't make her down today if I was supposed to be going to Barra. So yeah. I I've uh, it's like use it or lose it. My snow driving skills are well gone. I'm I'm not too bad. I kinda have it as a wee point of pride that it's just in me. I'm from Greencastle. There's no weather that's going to stop me from driving. Um, maybe that's irresponsible. I did actually do an irresponsible thing this morning when I got to the gym. The gym car park was just a lovely bed of compacted snow, and it was a bit of skidding. I tried, but you know the cars that like we don't have a handbrake handle. We have the wee lever. <laughs> I'd never tried to handbrake that thing before, but it doesn't fucking work. <laughs> I came barreling into the car park. Pull this thing and everything just locked up and I stole the car and everybody looked at me and I was like, that's that, didn't I? There's, there's yeah. that, there's, uh, yeah. Again, if you're listening to this in June, it probably is all a wee bit off, off, off theme, but here is... Yeah, we, better, we better move on from this. Now, we too topical. <laughs> now, the topic that I wanted to chat about today is uh, in line with something that we've been talking about. I'll tell you what it actually is. It's in line with the overarching 
ideology of the podcast in general. So the podcast mm-hmm. is Are You Well? We open up every episode with Are You Well? We created this podcast to have conversations about mental, physical, emotional health and make it a bit easier to chat to people about the idea of wellness and looking after yourself. So my question today is why are so many people reluctant to be well? What do you think? Yes, I got when you messaged me, I wasn't sure. I, I, uh, I thought this was I thought this was you going to go on a rant of people just burying their heads in the sand. Or, I might or yet, like, but we'll we'll try and flesh it out before we go too round. Eh? I I'll be honest with you. When I turn this around in my head, I think that it comes down to, and I've always felt this. Ultimately, if you don't feel like you want to do anything for yourself, I think it comes down to a, a worth your your own worth your own um self your own view of your self worth. So if you don't feel like you're worth putting the effort into, and if you don't feel like you are worth um going above and beyond to help, then you won't do it. And we talked about it, maybe it was last week or the week before, we talked about how we can often do things and say things and 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 react to our friends and our family members in a way that we don't afford ourselves. We we do we go above and beyond for everybody else and then we just leave ourselves hanging, we leave ourselves short. And I think ultimately if you go way way deep down into the core of why they're not doing things to be well or why why they aren't there's a reluctance to be well i think that's what'll be at the core of it but then when you go out layers it'll look like other things it'll look like actually i had no time for that or i couldn't be arsed that or i whatever but ultimately i think if you go right down deep it's well i don't really believe that i'm worth putting that much effort into or that time aside for or whatever it is so i think they're way down their own priority list I think that holds, that, that holds weight, it does, but I think it in a wider, it's more of a cultural thing. So you look at a shop at lunchtime, hot food counter, rammed, salad bar, empty. Mm-hmm. It's it seemed to be odd to count calories. It seemed to be strange to not go for a jambon instead of a salad box. It's if you go to the gym every day, you're obsessed. If you choose not to drink on a night out, well, strongly, you know, the things that are like quite obviously the healthier choices are demonized culturally, you know, and I don't really see, I don't see how that, how that changes without something drastic happening. There's a movement and there's more awareness and there's this and there's that, but it still seems entrenched in the psyche of, of the, the masses that it's more acceptable to live a, a life of sloth and debauchery than one of one of health and fulfillment. Now, now I'm regretting that we didn't call the podcast Sloth and Debauchery. Um, <laughs> That's a good name for a band. Been- hey, I'll be the band. Can you imagine the amount of listeners we would have if this was called Sloth and Debauchery? It's like, I'm oh. fucking listening to that in my way to work. That's the, that's the title of the, the episode then. <laughs> I think you're right. And like, I'm I'm going to go on a slight tangent and then come back again because I don't want to go down it again because I've already mentioned and probably beat it to death. If you've listened to any episodes at all, I've probably mentioned this maybe at least once every episode. But it'll be, a lot of it will be as well the way that we're sold to and we're marketed to. It's much, much more profitable to sell you the fast food junk values 
junk uh, society than it is to sell you the wholesome society. I can't make much money off you if you're happy and content and not consuming all of the goods that I'm selling you. But I can make a hell of a lot of money if you're insecure, questioning your self-worth and questioning your um, contribution to society unless you own X, Y, and Z. So if I can sell you those things, my morals will be set to the side and I'll tell you anything I need to tell you in order to buy my thing that will ultimately fill that gap in your life. See, it's funny that you've you've mentioned selling there because maybe it's the the job of us and coaches and people that are involved in health and fitness to sell the story of, of a healthy life and a fit life maybe better. Is that what it is? Because I've been... So I told you a couple of weeks back that one of the main goals in terms of business for us this year was reaching that sort of corporate wellness world. And we have got in with a couple of businesses and it's, it's, it's funny, like I suppose it's no different to individuals. Some businesses are really open and embrace the idea of looking after their staff wellness. Other businesses just aren't interested at all. And you're wondering, like I sort of called one of them to task. I was on the phone to them and they were asking, well, what, what exactly would you be able to do for our staff? And I said, well, we'll we'll ask them where they need help. You know, is it, are they feeling stressed? Are their energy levels poor? Do they need help trying to become more productive? Do they need help with sort of easy mobility? They're stiff, they're sore. Where, we'll find out the issue and we'll provide a solution. And the girl was like, ah, I don't really know if that's for us. So I said, would you not like to be healthier? Like, Do you not want to feel better about yourself? Of course I do. Of, of course I do. Like, and would you not like your staff to feel better about themselves? Do you not think that would be a win-win for everybody involved? Nah, oh, it would, would surely. Like, but I just don't think it's for us. And you're wondering, like, what is what is the reluctance? What is the the fear? Well, and it's obviously I wasn't selling it well enough because that's what it came down for. It was a transaction. It was you know you yeah. hire us to offer solutions to the problems you have and. Maybe the, the the problems don't seem big enough or significant enough on a, a macro level as as a business. Maybe whenever she's questioned as an individual, it seems obvious that they're big issues. But whenever you try and approach it in a in a more broader sense, there's other things. There's other fires that need put out. But I just find it so strange that like the and this is the nature of of the fitness industry in general and and selling and and across the board probably in every industry. You're gonna knock a hundred doors, and you might only get one that opens it. And I've I've been in contact with a lot of businesses, and it's the same sort of thing. I just don't know if that's for us, or or we are doing something. We are doing Pilates once a week, uh, for six weeks in an, an entire year. You know, so one six hours of Pilates across the year, and they feel they're ticking the box of looking after their staff's mental health and, and well being. It's a peculiar, and I think it's changing a bit because the conversations that I have had with the business who businesses who are interested, they seem really invested in it. And it's not it's no coincidence either, and this is no slight to the businesses who weren't taking us on. And it is it is it's it a slight. It's the ones who want to work with us are the ones who are absolutely flying. And again, you can you can zoom out and then go back to the gym setting or a sports setting. You know, look at Glenn there. We've had so Glenn's in the All Ireland Club final this weekend against Kilmacud Crooks. Again, if this is time stamped, we're 
this means nothing to you, but we had Gareth Fox on the podcast about 20 episodes ago. Gareth was recruited last year as their performance coach, their mental performance coach. You know, it is not a coincidence that they are now in the All-Ireland Club final because they've seen the value of having a soundboard for their players. And, you know, the, if you really dissect what Glenn is doing there, their best player isn't playing for them. We'll not go down, we'll not talk about that, but last the best player they had last year isn't available for them this year. And they have surpassed what they achieved last year. And I don't know how much credit Gareth would like to take for that, but I, it has to be, it can't not be a part of the reason, you know. So success leaves clues. So if you are looking at successful sports teams, successful individuals, successful businesses, there's a willingness and a want to look after themselves physically, mentally, emotionally. And that's why they're doing well. And the, t- the people who are maybe struggling, they have that mental block that, ah, just not for me. Yeah, no, I get you. And I, like, just to go back, right back to the, the instance with the lady you were speaking to on the phone that says, I just don't think that may be for us. One thing that I think maybe what you did when you were listing the benefits, you were listing the benefits for the employees, which is exactly right. But then if she doesn't think that's for her, then she doesn't see the benefit for the organization because she's not able to see that link between this is going to be beneficial to the organization because... Oh, you, you, I, lead, I lead with that. Like you lead with that. Yeah. Staff retention, higher output and productivity, et cetera, et cetera. The buzzwords of what a lot of businesses want to hear, but then when they get into the the actual process, it's as if they just want to say they've done it. They just want yeah. to tick the box. And then that's where my conscious doesn't allow me to just go and tick a box because I want to follow up with them. I want to actually see that the the solutions that we're providing to the problems that they're having have been taken on board and done something with or else what's the point in us going at all if, if you know if it's just, if it is just a box technical exercise so i don't i don't know what i think just the lack of this podcast and i very think there's any number of of people who sing off the same hymn sheet as us it's just continuing to do that isn't it really just trying your best right. to increase awareness and if you look at the way that society is now, and if you look at the way that everything is set up, and look at the way that the like Aggie and I sound like a fucking tinfoil hat man, but like the, the mainstream media <laughs> and everything that goes with it. But if you look at what, if you look at what the easy route it looks like, and look at what the the harder route looks like, go to the very end of the, each route, and what version of you is standing at the end. So if I take if I take the frictionless life route, so if I just do what's fed to me, what's what's narrated to me and what's presented to me. If I just take that and just go with it and I don't put any critical thought into my life and I don't put up any restrict or re- resistance to, to what I'm fed, the mainstream narrative, so like the junk values, the junk food, the convenience size, the fast, fast food, fast everything, convenience basically, that version of me will look very different to the version of me that if I if I go down the harder route, so the the more work involved, if I go down that route, that version of me will look very, very different. So those two paths, sorry. The path <laughs> of least resistance. Paths. Yeah, so those two paths will lead to very different places. One of them is wild easy to take. It takes no effort on your behalf. It takes zero input. You just keep bobbing along and nudging along the way that the corporations and the media and all of those uh, people that are out to get us. 
keep us in our keep, oh, keep us man. in our keep us fix in our we fix the tinfoil keep us in our we consumer robot worker boxes like it's easier to keep us that way than it is to maybe step outside and like i a while back whenever i like a few, lot of years ago whenever i started properly meditating uh, i came across a, a app that he put it in a way that i i've never been able to forget he call, he calls it living an examined life taking apart the facets of your life and examining them and looking at them and saying, I am the only person who is able to dictate what my, what the next chapter is going to contain in my life. I'm the only person who can narrate that and cultivate it. And if I live an examined life where I'm constantly saying, okay, I'm here. Am I happy? Do I want to change anything? Can I change it? How do I change it? And if you're not asking those questions, you're just bobbing along. You're in the, in the stream of life. And believe it or not, not every um, aspect out there is out for your well-being. You are the one. No one is going to come into your house in the morning and say, how do I make your life better today, Niall? You have to get up in the morning and say that. You say, how am I going to make my own life better, the, life of, the lives of the people around me? How am I going to improve my lot, my circle, my community, whatever it is? And then you have to go and fucking take action. But it takes work. It can't just happen overnight. It's going to take work. There was breadcrumbs of conspiracy throughout that little uh, <laughs> that little rant, which I love. I think we should do a full hot take conspiracy theory episode just by the by. The by. But I, the, the, the hot take that sort of bubbled into the top of my mind whenever you were speaking there was that maybe this big corporate machine doesn't want everybody to be well. No, of because course it does. If you look at an individual who is content in their own skin and healthy, capable, robust, resilient, ambitious, if they're a bit more, they have a better level of self-awareness and critical thinking, so they're less likely to fall in the lane with whatever the the mainstream narrative is. So... Alright, you've I think you're you could be we could have opened the can of worms here that the Zuckerberg's gonna shut you back down again. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised we both went missing. And there's no episode forty two. Where them lads? Remember that remember that old uh, debauchery podcast? Where did it go? Remember that one? The in the memory banks. Uh, men and blackjack. When you are when you are fully at yourself and you're content with your lot and you want for nothing, it's not that you don't want for nothing. You don't need anything. Like you're you're content with what you have, and it's one of the premises of Buddhism. And I read a couple of books on Buddhism a couple of years ago, um, and they were very interesting. And if I was gonna fly me flag on any religion, I'd probably go down the Buddhism route because it's it just makes a lot more sense to me. Um, one of the things was just about. When you want for nothing and you need for nothing, you can't really be manipulated because manipulation is one of the key facets of marketing. It's allowing you or making you believe that your life is incomplete without whatever I'm trying to sell you. If I don't want anything and I don't need anything and I'm content, you're going to have a tough time selling me on whatever it is you're trying to sell me on. So part of the thing, if we go back to why people have a reluctance to be well and and it's maybe through a a lack of self-worth, maybe a lack of self-belief or or willingness to believe that they are worth putting the effort into. If you want for nothing and you're content with your lot, you can you can do so. You can free yourself up 
time and resources and energy to do so much more that will feed back into that virtuous cycle of happiness. Because if you want for nothing and you need for nothing, you're not constantly trying to keep up with the Joneses and buy the next uh, gadget or whatever the thing the next thing comes out. I was actually on there looking for a new phone because I was going to get thirty three tens letting you down. I'm gonna. What do you hear this? Like since taking back over the gym, BT a bit of made a bit of a hames of my internet, and so it's not going. So I've been using a bit more data on my phone. So I never use my data. I usually have it switched off because. Anywhere I go usually has Wi-Fi, so why would I use my data? Um, so I just didn't use it. So I've had to use my data, had a phone up, because you know, Vodafone rang me and said, you're nearly at your data limit. Do you want to upgrade to the next one? I, I just said, look, I want a mid-range phone with a decent camera so I can take pictures in the gym because I'm using my wife's old phone because I don't need the latest phone. I am not a techie at all. I just need a phone that works. You can phone me. I can WhatsApp you. They could take the odd picture of the kids and uh, and and send sick memes to you, um, <laughs> and and that's about it. But you should have heard the excitement on her phone when I or on her voice whenever I talked about upgrading, and that was her. Like, and I'm sure she gets compensated for upgrading me or whatever. But I went on to look on her website then or on the Vodafone website, and I can't make head nor tail of anything. Like, what what's the next decent phone? They need to release a phone that's. Just the grand phone. This is grand. That'll do the job. <laughs> Six it's out of ten. 30. <laughs> the Apple grand phone. It'll do you. There's two days of battery on it, or a week if you can get it. Um, snake. Snake. But that's it. Like uh, she was the, the the the. I was a wee bit triggered when the excitement and her voice. Oh yeah, we can we can yeah we can get an upgrade because she was trying to get me buy a bit of extra data or something. I was like, look, I actually might get a new phone because this one hasn't got a great camera. And I might take more pictures of the gym and that. I excite fourteen and coming then. Did she get you? Yeah. No, I'm not going to go iPhone. I, I I don't. I can't be learning new things now at this stage of the game. I need to stay with Android. Just to just hand there. But that that we trade like that, that was me who isn't interested. Imagine I was a big tech head. Oh, geez, I'll take that there. And I've just maybe barreled into a new contract three years long at X number of pounds. And I don't need that. I don't need any of it. It doesn't make my life any better or easier. It's funny you say that because that probably would have been me. I would have been a good man for getting the latest iPhone every other year. But I didn't this year. So I was due an upgrade maybe, I think it's usually around January. So I'm over a year late on the upgrade. And I think it just is a wee bit of that over the last couple of years, what I gauge as important has evolved that I don't need the newest iteration of an iPhone because there's not that much difference in the last one. It's funny. I never really had appreciated that, but there you go. Maybe I'm I'm ever ever evolving myself. You're regressing towards my state of mind. I'm spending <laughs> too much time with you now. I'm gonna fucking <laughs> go and get a spud phone as well. <laughs> I swear to God, I I remember looking up this minimalism phone, or minimalist phone, or whatever it was called. And it had nothing. It had just text message. It might have had WhatsApp, maybe, but it was just black and white, and you didn't look at any colorful apps or anything out there. The the only reason I didn't get it in the end up was because I think looking at pictures in black and white is a bit shade. Um, <laughs> you know, like a bit of color in your life now, right? Bit of we'll round out this this part before we go into questions by just asking whoever's listening, are you well? And if you aren't feeling well in yourself take ownership of that feeling and do something about it 
Yeah, and you know that knowing that you're the only one that can change the tide for yourself, but knowing that you don't have to do it on your own either. Like, yes, you're the one that will have to ultimately make a move, but that move can be towards other people or towards someone else that can help you. Um, whether it's reaching out to a friend or somebody, or it like, and when I we were like we're like, we're going, I went straight for the mental health route there, but I, it, just being well in yourself might just be. Am I looking after myself? Am I getting enough sleep? Am I getting enough nutritious food so that I don't feel like shit every morning when I get up? Am I going to the gym and looking after my body? Because it's a, it's a fucking machine. If you don't look after it, it falls apart. It's like everything else. So ask them simple questions. Sleep, nutrition, stress, exercise, relationships. If you're lacking in any of those areas, what can you do to get yourself one step closer to where you want to be? And then go and take action. Don't just sit thinking about it. Thinking's great, but... Jesus, you have to take action at some point. Eh? Our doors are open too. Now Niall's back on social media, Hollywood Fitness, or else any of my Level Up accounts, just shoot us a message saying, well, we'll try our best to keep you right. Right, question. Um, do you have a question for me or do you want me to go? Mine's support. I do, I, it's, it's, a, it's an odd enough one and it might be short, a short answer, but um, I'll go for it. I'm, you know, I messaged you earlier about... Um, chatting to Niall so I'm going to meet Niall uh, Niall Heron for lunch today Niall is the guy that I went to for counselling for a few years and really really helped me sort out some of the junk in the attic as I say Um, one of the things that Niall is going to be doing over the coming weeks months years whatever is starting men's groups and that's something that I looked into Um, I, I found a company online that did men's groups and I looked at it and it really vibed with me and I thought I would love to do that but it, it, I don't I don't see the equivalent of what they were doing. They were going out in the wilderness. They were doing men's groups. They were just talking about their emotions, getting everything out, having a really good, healthy relationship with your emotions amongst other men. And my question is, is there any type of a group that you currently don't or have never done that you've always been interested in and you would love to maybe at some point in time try out? So it doesn't have to be like, I'm just using that as a segue into that question. Like, So that's a men's group. So that's a men's health group so you go and you chat and you, you maybe you go hiking you do things and it's just a bunch of lads doing lad things but then actually using that as a vehicle for talking about emotion but you could talk about any group like so is there would you love to try and fucking salsa dancing would you love to try a group of anything mm. i've tried a lot of things my uh my palette is fairly colorful i've done the the javen lessons for on the build up to wedding as as hard as to believe that is, you know, I'm a natural <laughs> mover. Like, but probably the one thing that I wouldn't mind doing is maybe like a play or something, something to that effect. Because we both participated in the the, the Oscars a couple That's of years right, yeah. ago. I got the best actor award. You didn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a wanker! <laughs> so I, I I really enjoyed it. You know. So I think. At some point, I wouldn't mind. Like, I don't know where I would find the time to do that between family and work and my own current interests. But I think that would be that would be good. And also, at at some point in the next couple of years, I wouldn't I wouldn't say no to getting back until coaching football. Oh, that is that would probably be the two things. But the thing is. To bring something new in, you more than likely have to sacrifice something else, and I'm not willing to sacrifice anything that I've got currently in my 
in my life. So it'll have to be maybe until the kids are a wee bit older, so they don't need as much um, attention in terms of like looking after and running the roads with them. So probably either yeah, like plays and shows and stuff, and then maybe at some point get back until running the sideline and shouting the boys. What about you, Shout? I it's very simple. I love. I've, I, I'm an avid reader, and I've never been part of a book club. Um, I'd love to be in a book club. I would love to somebody to have a good book club and just invite me to it. If you do have one and you want to invite me to it, I'm in. Um, <laughs> reach out. I do, I don't know. Like I've always liked, liked the idea. You are on the start like, gardening, did you not one time? Well, hey, let me get it. Let me get it. If it's a book club about gardening, even better. Um, <laughs> no, no, don't do that to me. I, I need some. I like, I like my books. Like I need to rattle through them. But I would love to. I a community gardening group, something I got there. I did, did Google one one time, but the age bracket was very high. Um, I didn't quite meet that. I don't think there was an age requirement, but it was very elderly, senior, we'll say. Um, and were you too old for it or what? I I don't I like there's other I would love to do I would love to do a bit of some kind of dad love me and Shannon to go to like a a, a dance lessons thing not I'm not particularly interested I'm nothing against Javen but I like the the Latin American style dances you're ready like to go that. full strictly you're waiting for the invite to us strictly from that screen uh, that's not, well if that if that got me kicked off that'd be great no it's nothing to do with that I just I like I really enjoyed watching strictly this year with Rose. <laughs> Rose was enamored with the dances, the dresses, the routines, the music. She got full on into it. And I've never watched Strictly. I've never had an interest. But watching her watch Strictly was an absolute delight. Just watching her face, watching and seeing how happy and engaged she was watching it was an absolute pleasure. Elicit that reaction through your own dancing. I would, I would, you know what? I'm, I'd, I'd love, I can't, I'm obviously not going to take the kids to the boxing event at the end of February, but I'm going to get it videoed and I'm going to, I can't wait to see Jackson's face because he's more interested in the boxing than, than the other two, uh, guys. So, um, I can't wait to see his face when he sees me boxing or getting boxed. Sorry. <laughs> but, um, well, uh, have you got your entrance music sort of flat yet? I want as much pomposity as possible. You know what? I'm going to throw that out open to the listeners. If you can suggest a song for me for entrance music, I have a couple of songs in my head. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say much, but I'll, I'll. Uh, it's nothing funny or anything. I guess it's have a nice upbeat song. Um, but yeah, if you have any suggestions for an entrance song for me for this fight night at the end of February, I'd be, I'd, I'd take them. Right, my what question to you. My question is, right, so the All-Ireland Club Finals were, were the junior and intermediate were played at the weekend there. And David Clifford, his side, won the junior. So Beach Jerstown. big brawl at the end of it, but that's an aside to the question. He has won pretty much everything that he has played in this year. The only thing he was beaten was the Sigerson Cup Final. So he's not Ireland, he's league, he's a monster, he's a club Carry senior with East Carry, then the junior, junior monster, All Ireland junior. He was man of the match in every single final he played. He kicked something like this isn't an exact, but it was in around ten goals and one hundred and seventy points over the course of that that season. Is that the single greatest season any individual has ever played in Gaelic football? Okay, I, without knowing. 
the history of the stats, it, it, it sure, sure, surely it has to be. Like, I put this to my Instagram on um, Monday after he won. And I, I said that, like, is this the greatest ever individual season? I said, is this is this just me being hyperbolic or is this a GOAT season? And most, it was probably about a 70-30 split for hyperbole. I was thinking, fucking hell. I, I didn't have time to go back and ask the people who voted against the GOAT season who is then or what was because I'm scratching my head. Like the only, the only argument you could have against them is that probably shouldn't have been playing junior football. So that maybe rules out the stuff he did with his junior club. The East Kerry. Tell me why you know, why, why shouldn't he? There's only eight clubs in Kerry's senior division. So then the strength of their junior and intermediate is very high in comparison to the rest of the, you know, like, Via the rule, the, the rules, he was there was no issue, no, no, nothing wrong with rules, just the setup. Like, if you can imagine that there was only eight senior teams in Throne, like the Throne intermediates champions would be probably all Ireland lacked every year. So, you can maybe levy that again. Then, the carry so carries a real strange setup. So, they if you don't play in that, those eight senior teams, then there's an amalgamation of the junior and intermediate clubs, East Kerry West north and south so he won the Kerry senior with east Kerry. again it's an amalgamated team sort of super side so in fact the two the team that won the intermediate was one of the teams that was joined so the all-ireland junior and intermediate champions were the same team for the Kerry club championship which won so maybe you can hold that again and then at inter-county level i don't know they were maybe have galway you ever, have you ever heard the term nitpicking that is that's what I, I, I'm just I'm trying to work out what the argument against it is. Aye. I can understand the argument against him being called the greatest Gaelic footballer of all time just because he's only so young. I think by the time he hangs his boots up, he will be regarded as that. But maybe to call him that now with so much ahead of him is unfair. But, uh, what a season. Like, what a season. That's unbelievable. I, did, I didn't know the half of that. Like, But uh, it's unbelievable. And I think when you look back at the Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi situation, I think we have a wild habit of not just allowing ourselves to enjoy greatness in its prime when it's in front of us. We have to label it. We have to stack it up against history and future. We can't just enjoy it. Talking about greatness, Eric Ten Hag is turning Manchester United into a great side. <laughs> Beat City at the weekend. We're going to win the league. We're going to win it all. Right, That'll do this for the, this week. I enjoyed that. That's Are you sad. well? Mm-hmm. Chat is. Not too bad. Good luck.